Welcome in. It is Five Thoughts here on ScoreNorth.com, the blog that was so good it had to become a podcast. We just couldn't keep it to the written word. I'm Rami Makloff, live in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Derek Wetmore, who's brought to you by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business, is live from Fort Myers, Florida, the site of Twin Spring Training. How are you this afternoon, Derek? I'm great, Rami. Another great weather day in Fort Myers. The Twins are hosting the Red Sox right now, and life is good. See, I didn't even ask about the weather this time, I know, and you I just, you just had to bring in. it up. But uh, just, there is <laughs> there is baseball being played. We're recording this on, on Friday. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to it at scorenorth.com, but recording it on Friday, and Byron Buxton has done it again, hasn't he, Derek, before we actually get into the five thoughts? It's amazing. He just keeps hitting home runs. He just keeps looking comfortable and balanced at the plate i'm a small sample size guy rami Mm -hmm. i'm sure you are too Mm -hmm. it's starting to become a less small sample size and it's i mean it's impressive but what buxton has done in the early goings yes it's early but it's been it's been noteworthy i i like that we get to talk about it all the time because we are seeing it sort of emerge before our eyes um, I, I want to balance this. I want to say, yes, it's early. Spring training stats don't matter. But also, it's not like he, he's getting little bleeders and, and right. just has five little squib hits down the line. These are rockets that he's hitting off the bat, and I think that's a great sign for the Twins. And we were watching the game in the host lounge right before uh, I came in here to, to record this with you, Derek. And Buxton was up at the plate, and Phil made a, a good point himself. He said... Buxton looks really quiet in the batter's box this year as opposed to last year's where he was a little bit fidgety and there was there was a lot of motion in the batter's box and he's also removed the the big step in his swing so it's not like this is a guy who's just finding baseballs randomly he's we know about the work that he did in the offseason to change his body and he's obviously put in the work in the batter's box and changed some things about his approach and his swing as well and that's probably more important than what he's done with his body, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. I think his approach at the plate, if if he can't make contact, he can be the most jacked dude in the world, right. and it doesn't matter. Right. The fact that he's making more contact, very loud contact, and connecting with a lot of barrels, that's a, that's a great sign, and I do think that'll play over into the season. If uh, you don't know, Five Thoughts is uh, Derek Wetmore's Five Random Thoughts on the Twins. It is a column at scorenorth.com, and it has been morphed into this podcast as part of our uh, comprehensive Twins coverage at scorenorth.com. If you're looking for any Twins programming, just search Score North Twins uh, at scorenorth.com, wherever you download podcasts or just download the Score North app. It's available on Apple and Android. And actually, this Byron Buxton conversation, Derek, leads us right into the Five Thoughts that you wanted to get into today five guys that we believe will exceed expectations for the minnesota twins this year and this is based on the uh, zips projections over at fangraphs.com i don't know if that's if that's too nerdy but if you're listening to this podcast you're probably sort of a baseball nerd to begin with right if you're a five thoughts bobo and there are plenty of them out there and we appreciate you and we love you You've heard of Zips, and you are not going to be scared away that we're talking about Fangraphs.com. So uh, I have my five guys, Derek. I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll overlap with some of our guys, but I'll let you uh, lead things off, if you will, with our five guys who will exceed expectations this year for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, great. I was just digging through the list and kind of mostly out of curiosity, and then I thought, oh, we got to do a show about this. (laughs) So it's not based on any rhyme or reason. I don't have my own projection models or saying, like, oh, this this is way off. You don't have your own algorithm? Them? And I haven't updated them in a couple no. of years, so they're Slacker. woefully outdated. Slacker. Yes. 
so my, my internal projection is more like look at his last three years, average it, and then make a wild-ass guess. All right. That's, that's really what I'm doing. But some of the numbers that I saw, I just – I wrote down the five names that I looked at, and I said, huh, I, I think that's a little light. And I guess we'll just go through them. As I said to you in a prep note, four of these guys are pitchers. So I don't know if that says I'm being too high on the Twins and Derek Falvey and their ability to develop these guys, but that's just how my list fell. The first guy started today, actually, um, as we're recording this on a Friday. Michael Pineda made his first start post-Tommy John surgery. It's been an incredibly long journey back to uh, to a major league mound for Pineda, and this was his first start in a Twins uniform, his first spring start. I saw a couple 95s up on the gun uh, for his fastball, and he pitched two innings, a strikeout, no walks. I uh, don't think he let in a run. But I'm less worried about the results than I am about the fact that he's back. Big right. Mike is back on a mound. The Zips projection, for what it's worth, has him at a 4.5 ERA in 80 innings pitched. So we can say exceed this however we want to. I think that he's a guy that the Twins are counting on for a lot more than 80 innings this year. And if he bests that 4.5 ERA, that'll be good news for him too. But he was a name that jumped out to me, Rami, as a guy that I said, well, I get it that the models are they're factoring in injury and that he's coming back off of TJ and they're probably incorporating some some info from that stuff. But he's a guy that I look at the stats page and I say, this is cool, and I totally get where the numbers are coming from, but I'm just a little bit higher on Michael Pineda than what I see on the projection here. Yeah, you said you had four pitchers on your yeah, list of five. I, I have four position players, and this is this is the one pitcher that I had in my list. And I agree with with everything that you just said there. I don't know if I don't know if people right realize or, or were following Michael Pineda when he was coming up through the Yankees system, but this is a guy who had a lot of raw physical ability and just as is, is a large man and, and, and usually guys of, of his size and stature, you, you can get some heat out of him. And like you said there, Derek, he's already up to ninety five today in his in his first spring start. If he can if he can get that power back and harness it with the the ticking time bomb nature of pitchers and, and injuries in major league baseball today, it's actually not the worst thing in the world to get a guy who's fresh off an injury because usually and this is isn't always the case, but usually there is there is some time in between injuries and when things will go wrong for a guy again. So I think if Michael Pineda, like I said, can find that that power again and, and harness it, you should be okay with him for for quite a while in terms of staying healthy and 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 getting the the ball every five days and at the very least eating up some innings and and should be a lot of quality innings in there for Michael Pineda and the Twins. So yeah. I I like that selection of Michael Pineda. Yeah, good to know we're on the same page. It, I will note like his best year was with the Mariners. Uh, he his rookie season actually. I'm on his Fangraphs page right now. 171 innings. He made 28 starts that year. Uh, in his rookie year, that was 2011, he pitched to a 3.74 ERA. And then in his couple of seasons with the Yankees, he was good, but not great. He was like a mid-fours ERA. looks like ERA hovering around four and a half, basically, if that's your stat. But he's always been one of those guys, Rami, who who scouts and stats tend to agree that this guy's supposed to be better than the numbers that he's put up. And sometimes I get tired of hearing that, like, okay, great, he's supposed to be good, but after 10 years in the big leagues, how long are we going to talk about supposed to be? In Pineda's case, I would just, I would take that for what it's worth. I would say, okay, he's been a solid-ish mid-rotation starter, 
and people think that he's supposed to be better than that. So maybe you weight that up just a little bit in his case, and I think that the Twins are counting on big things from him in, in this whole season. Do you mind if I uh, take number two in the five thoughts it. and lead yes, things off? Yes, especially if you're going position players. I, I want to hear if we agree. I, I'll be honest with you, Derek. I'm still studying up on the Twins pitching staff. I don't know that I have that down as well as I do some sure. of their offensive players having come over here from Milwaukee, and I've been studying, but if there's one facet of this team that I would say I'm more – more uh, well versed in it's it's probably the offense and a guy who I I was I was covering last year after he was traded to the Brewers in Jonathan Scope and I mean the the projections are actually decent for Jonathan Scope when you look at it they have him with a 260 average 300 on base percentage and the power numbers I think are probably about right and they're actually kind of generous with the power numbers that they predict for Scope with 25 home runs and 90 RBI I think that's probably that's probably around where he'll finish up but I actually think He's going to have a better batting average and get on base, and and by a product of that, he'll have a higher uh, OPS than than what they have him projected at. They think he'll have a 260 batting average and a 300 on base percentage. When this guy was at the top of his game in in Baltimore, and this is a guy who made an All Star team for for the Orioles in in 2017. You're talking about a guy who batted 293 with a 338 on base percentage. I think he can get back to that. I think that's closer to what Jonathan Scope is than what we saw last year, Derek. He was he was just first of all, he had some injury problems in Baltimore that affected his first half production. And then you're asking a guy who's who's rehabbing and trying to get back into form to to jump into the middle of a playoff race and a team that needs production out of him right now. I think some of that that pressure caught up to him, and then on top of that, a week later, they go out and trade for Mike Moustakis, and the plan is for Travis Shaw to play second base, and now Jonathan Scope is kind of a guy without a position or, or, yeah. or anywhere near an everyday spot in that lineup. Um, I, I think there's better production in him than what we saw last year in the season that he split between Baltimore and, and Milwaukee, and specifically when it comes to the batting average and the on-base percentage for Jonathan Scope. I'm looking for... Up in the for for both of them up in the somewhere between three hundred and and three fifty. I don't know if that's too generous, but I think he's he's capable of it. Yeah, I it, it's interesting you bring up scope because I don't have him on my list, but I don't disagree with what you just said about an, analyzing his season. In fact, when we had Thad Levine on the show, um, it was on Touch 'Em All a couple of weeks ago. He said that we had our analysts and our scouts and everybody look at him. I mean, literally, like motion analysts go look at the swing and say. Does this look like a guy whose oblique muscle, which he which he hurt in April, does this look like a guy who is being meaningfully impacted by an oblique injury, or is this pretty much the same swing and he's his just numbers aren't there? And the Twins sort of research department, if you want to call it that, and I'm lumping scouts in there as well because they're researchers, basically said, yeah, no, this guy was hurt all year. This is something that we think meaningfully impacted his 2018. And so Thad Levine told us that the internal thinking with the Twins is, well, okay, then we'll throw that year out in terms of stats to evaluate him, and let's Mm -hmm. just look at 16 and 17. Those numbers were much better than what we saw in 18. So I think the Twins would agree with you, Rami, that they're, they're betting on this guy to be a big bounce back. Who's the second guy on your list in our five thoughts of players who will exceed expectations for the Twins in 2018? Well, and keep, it, keep in mind, I'll throw out 
uh, just names and fi- the way Five Thoughts works is if we don't have a lot to say about a guy, it's fine. Say <laughs> it's, it. Okay. We can move on. All right. Uh, especially since we both have five, there may be some guys we just go deeper on. But I have uh, – I'll keep my sleeper for the end. I'm just going to say another guy who pitched today in Taylor Rogers. Um, so my thought number two is that Taylor Rogers is still getting slept on too much by, well, the, even the models. Like, he added a pitch last year that completely wiped out righties. Um, he was a he was a fastball, curveball guy. And for years and years and years, going back to when I saw him in the fall league, I think 2015 down in Scottsdale, he was working on a changeup. And, well, why would a lefty reliever have to add a changeup? Well, simple. Get that third pitch to get him off your fastball and breaking ball to keep righties from being able to, you know, be really effective offensively against you. Never quite clicked for Taylor Rogers, and so he just changed it up midway through the year last season. He added a slider to his repertoire and became one of the best relievers in the American League. He never gave up a run after that. So it's like, that's cool, and the models can kind of see that, that he went on that absurd run. But they might not know the explanation behind it. I just look at it and say, okay, Taylor Rogers this year is the pitcher that he was from when he added the slider to the end of the season. The models are looking at it and saying he's probably some average of the guy who put up a great second half last year. But also they're factoring in some other numbers. I'm just I'm, – I'm even trying to pull up his numbers as we speak here to give the listener some context. But they have him – Zips is currently projecting a 3.22 ERA in 67 innings. I do think he'll, if he pitches a full year, he'll get to the 70 appearance mark. That's perfectly fine. I think they're okay there. But a 3.22 ERA would uh, be a little disappointing from what I'm expecting from Taylor Rogers this year. I think he'll be legitimately one of their best relievers, if not their best. What do you think is his role? Or do you think that roles will be fluid in yeah. that in that Twins pitching staff? I do think roles will be fluid, and, and I don't think he's Josh Hader. I, I don't think he's going to come and be that multi-inning guy necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I also think he's more than a lefty. I, I think he's not just a specialist to come in and get good left-handed hitters out. I think he's the kind of guy, he might be your Corey Knebel, to use another Brewers example, where, all right, cool, this guy can close games, this guy can come in in the eighth inning in a tight spot, this guy can get us out of trouble in the seventh if they've got the heart of the order coming up and the game is on the line. I really do think the Twins are going to use him as sort of a, a versatile weapon this year. And that's not to say that that's a bad projection. Like it, it's That would be a good relief season. I just look at it and say, I think we can say the numbers are selling him a little short in this case. In, in my opinion, he's changed fundamentally, and we've got to give him some credit for that. Number three on your list of five thoughts, Twins players who will exceed expectations in 2019. Another, Derek yeah, another weapon out of the bullpen, Trevor May, is a guy who I've been banging the drum for a couple of years because he's got the swing and miss. Uh, he came up as a starter when the Twins traded him for him when he was a prospect in the Phillies organization came up as a just you know a big starter four pitch mix some swing and miss and a big fastball but you weren't really sure and the durability was kind of a question that durability has remained a question throughout his career his big league career but now he's a guy that I look at and say this is the first winner he was prepping to be a reliever he still has the swing and miss stuff he's got a crazy fastball uh, all I shouldn't even say all of his pitches, but at least three pitches that you could look at and say, that's plus. I kind of like that. And so that's just a good mix for a guy who can pump it up there into the mid-90s and beyond as a one- or two-inning reliever. If you're asking me to pick 
who's the most likely to be a Josh Hader on this staff, I would pick May just by process of elimination saying, good pitches, swing and miss. He's got the chance to be a real strikeout artist in this bullpen. And I think if he stays healthy, which has always been an if for him, I think he could be a real weapon that people are not talking about right now nationally. And by the all-star break, they'll be saying Trevor May's name. Yeah, I'm I'm high on Trevor May. I have my questions for him. Like you, like you. I mean, you pointed out there. I'm sure a lot of people have their questions about Trevor May. I'll ask you the same thing about him. What do you think is his role with this team? I think he is a kind of guy who could go more than one inning. I, I don't think he's going to be locked in as a closer. Although I did hear on the radio broadcast today they were talking about May coming to camp wanting to be the closer. I think that might be a little oversold. There's a number of guys in this camp that. When you ask them point blank, do you want to be the closer? They're like, uh, okay. Or, oh, I don't know. That's for the manager to decide. I'm Yes, of course, I'd like to be if you're asking me, but I'll play whatever role they want for me. I, I've gotten that sense from a number of different guys, Rami, and he's one of them. So would he accept, like, just a ninth inning role? Like, of course he would accept that. That's how you get paid. Right. But if uh, Rocco Baldelli and the Twins front office are going to be as creative as I think that they are – or as you can look to Tampa as sort of an example, as a template, and say, how are they going to manage this bullpen this year in Rocco's first season with a rookie pitching coach out of the college ranks? I do think they're going to be able to go outside the box. And pinning down a role for Trevor May is tough, like saying eighth inning or ninth inning. But I think he'll be one of their high-leverage relievers who goes and gets big outs and maybe more than three at a time. Uh, there are not a lot of relievers you can say that right out of camp, and he'd be one of them for me. Third guy on my list is uh, now, and this is contingent on him getting that foot healthy, but I think Miguel Sano is poised for, for a much better season, actually, okay. than what Zips has him at on uh, on fan graphs. And the power numbers are there when you look at the home runs. I They have him with uh, 25 home runs. RBI, they only have him for 70 on the season. I just look at, at this lineup, and I got to imagine that – if he's hitting 25 home runs, Derek, there's going to be more runs on the bases for him to drive in than than 70 runs because this is an offense that is going to produce and there will be guys on base. And I actually think he could do better than the 25 home runs because I think he could do a lot better than the 226 batting average and 321 on base percentage that they haven't projected for and only a 780 OPS. If this guy can get right with that heel, it, it seems like the message has gotten home with him in terms of what it takes to be a Major League Baseball player, and he's gotten himself in shape this offseason. We'll see how much of that holds as he sits and waits with that, that boot on his foot. But in his essentially, well, I guess it was his second year in 2017, this is a guy who put up 28 home runs back then. I mean, if he's got his head on straight hmm. and is in as good a shape as, as it looks like he's in, I think there is 800 OPS in 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 store for for Miguel Sano. Is that is that overstating things? Do you think? No, I I don't think so. I think he's capable of that kind of production. I'm, I want to ask you as sort of a, a relative newcomer mm-hmm. who does not have Sano fatigue, right? Because uh, I think a lot of people have that. I think it's a legitimate thing. That, oh, I sense it. Yeah, like Rami, this camp it was. Oh, he's in great shape, and this is awesome, and he took things so seriously, and he showed up, oh, just with a little cut, no big deal. Don't worry about it. But he's uh, – what a great off season. And it's like, hold on, what, 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 did, what did you say in the middle there? Did you say he has a cut and then he's not going to be in camp for, like, two more weeks? I, I think Twins fans – and he's still not out of the boot from what I heard. He is 
going to give it a little bit more time to it heal. It sounds like they, opening day might be in jeopardy at this point, Derek. Well, yeah, it is starting to get up to that point where if they're going to give it another week from today or from yesterday maybe, and then that timeline starts to get a little condensed. You start to look at it and say, well, there's only about three weeks of games then in between. Oh, maybe he can get himself right really quickly because he did play winter ball. It's not like he's going to have to go from zero to True. 60. Yeah. But but he kind of is. So let me ask you, as a, as a relative newcomer that doesn't have this, oh, here we go again with Miguel Sano, uh, does it bother you that he's not doing any baseball activities yet and we are at March 1st on this recording? It it doesn't too much um, because the thi- it, it would bother me if it was a question again of is Miguel Sano in shape coming into camp. That That would bother me, but a guy, a guy, get cutting his foot open while while celebrating a, a championship in in the what was it the Caribbean League? I don't even. Uh, I don't, well, it's like the Caribbean Series, but okay. I think he was playing in the Dominican League. Okay, I, I mean, I, I I try not to ever fault a guy for for injuries and especially fluke stuff like that. It's not like he was out of shape and and pulled an oblique because because he wasn't in good enough shape to play mm-hmm. baseball. But I I I know that. Fans and and us in the media can get a sense sometime that even if it's not an, a, a particular incident isn't a guy's fault, it just seems like sometimes with certain guys it's always something for whatever yeah. reason. Derek Rose is a guy who's kind of like that in, in another sport here in, in Minnesota. So I can understand that feeling. And honestly, Derek, if if I've been here for the entire Miguel Sano story, I might feel that way. Uh, about Miguel Sano, same way that some Twins fans feel that it's even if it's not his fault, it's just something with this guy all the time. Yeah, yeah I think, I think that's exactly right. I think that I've been a defender of Miguel Sano for a long time. That this guy has unique, special talent that you can't just find on the street, you know. And yet, it's like, oh, okay, here, here's another, here's the latest in the saga. So. So I wouldn't say I have fatigue because, like, my day doesn't hinge on whether he gets in the lineup and hits a home run or not. <laughs> but I will say, as a guy who has had to be the yeah, but guy for a long, long time when people say this guy's, you know, fat and lazy and doesn't care, I mean, people can be brutal about it. And I have to say, oh, well, hang on a second. You don't just get that sort of approach the 2015 season is still, like, burned in my memory as, like, this kid came up in early July and was – almost instantly the most dangerous hitter in a Twins order that included peak Brian Dozier and a, a solid Joe Maurer. Right. That's pretty rare. You do not see that for a young hitter, and I think that guy is potentially still in there, but now we are talking like four years later, and we haven't really seen that hitter reemerge. Number four on my list of uh, players, Twins players who could exceed expectations in 2019 here on Five Thoughts. I don't think that this is going out on much of a limb, Derek, and that is the guy who we opened up the show talking about and Byron Buxton. And the reason why I think that he he should easily eclipse some of the numbers that Fangraphs has for him because one of the – I don't know if you agree with me, Derek, but one of the flaws in these Zips projections, in, in my opinion, is that if, if a guy has had injuries and hasn't played a, a full schedule in the past – they factor that into future performance. They only have 116 games and 440 plate appearances for Byron Buxton. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you project that Byron Buxton is going to miss almost 40 games this season. Is that? Do you think that's a fair assumption to make? Yeah. Well, 
one of the problems is playing time. It's just tough. Like they also give Lamont Wade a ton of playing time here. Jake Cave. It doesn't. It doesn't add up to a full season. In fact, Alex Kirilov is projected for 128 games here. So some of this is just inputs. Right. Some of this is if he played 128 games, here's what we here's what the computer model thinks he would do. But I agree with you. I think if Buxton only has 440 plate appearances this year, either he got hurt. Or something went very, very wrong for the Twins. I think they're fully counting on 600 to 650. Exactly. And so with if you project out what, what they're saying he'll do in 440 at-bats, which is 12 home runs, 54 RBI, and an OPS of 685, I actually think, and, and we've seen some of that pop so far this spring. I know you don't put a lot into yeah. the first week of spring, but I think uh, with the 21 added pounds of muscle, there is more pop in that bat, and he just seems more comfortable in the batter's box. I really expect Byron Buxton to make a big leap this year in his career and in terms of production, Derek. I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at a guy with 25 home runs, 80-plus RBI, and an OPS. I said it about Sano, and I'll say it about Buxton. I'm even more sure about it with Buxton. An OPS over 800 this season. Wow. Yeah, you've been, since you got here, you've been the high man on Buxton. Um, I definitely think he has the talent. He has the ability. Let's see if the um, the approach and his bat-to-ball skills have improved enough that he can exceed some of those numbers that you're talking about because we've seen it before. We've definitely seen it in stretches, and we've seen it all throughout the minor leagues. It's not like we're just making it up. Oh, this guy's super talented, and he's got a lot of tools. We right. think he's going to be a good player. It's like, no, he's been a good player and has the tools that's why we think he can be a good one. So if he is, Rami, uh, we're going to have a very interesting summer at Target Field if Byron Buxton becomes the sort of star that you're projecting here. And I, and I don't disagree with you, for the record, um, but I will give you full props on two things. One, when Williams Astadio makes the opening day roster for <laughs> you getting that done, uh, threatening the Twins' general manager with I'm boycotting sure th- I'm the I'm sure season. that's what's going to do it. I'm That'll sure be that's part of the conversation. <laughs> They'll factor that in. They'll weigh that against other variables. And uh, the other one I'm going to give you credit for is if and when Byron Buxton breaks out for for the final time, you know, for real, and he's arrived. Your confidence in him never seems to have wavered. So I got to give you that. Number four uh, for you in your five thoughts, Derek. Number four, I'll go position player before giving you the sleeper, and it's Jorge Polanco. The numbers that they put up for him, I just I think they're just a little bit light. I mean, last year he sat out the first half of the season with a steroid suspension, and you know he's basically owned up to all of that. I don't think there's any secrets there, and the Twins clearly don't feel like that's a problem because they gave him a five-year contract extension with a couple options at the end. So they clearly believe in Jorge the person and the ball player. The Zips projection have him hitting 263 with a 316 on base and just a little bit of pop, 401 slugging. So that's I'm not saying that that would be a uh, terrible projection or anything like that, but in his half season back last year, which I think we can all agree is sort of an unusual situation or kind of a weird scenario for a guy to find himself in, he still hit 288 with a 345 on base and enough pop, uh, 427 slugging. So it's, you know, if you're a weighted on base average guy or gal, that was a 336 woba, and that's pretty good. You'll you'll take that from a shortstop, even if he's a little stretched defensively. I I don't know why the models ding him. Maybe it's because a bit of a down year in 2017. But I just that was one of the position players that I looked at and I said, oh, I 
I think this guy could top the numbers that they're spitting out right now, and Jorge Polanco is my one position player on my list. I thought about putting Jorge Polanco on my list, but I just wanted an excuse to talk about Williams Astadio, which brings me <laughs> to my fifth player. And that I is, before? That is Williams Astadio. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, before you uh, profess your love on the microphone here on Five Thoughts, which I know you will, I yes. have no doubt about that. Yes. I was shocked to see, Rami, Williams Astadio at the top I know. of the position player list when you sort by wins above replacement projected by Zips for 2019. How does that happen that Williams Astadio tops Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, Nelson Cruz, a tall, as the number one position player in terms of projected wins above replacement for 2019. And I, if I'm being honest with you, I, I, I it'd be hard for him to even live up to this projection, much less succeed it. I just wanted to talk about Williams Astadio yeah. for a few minutes <laughs> on Five Thoughts today. At least you're honest. But they have they have him playing 102 games and 385 plate appearances. Do you see that in the cards for Williams Astadio, especially after the addition of Marwin Gonzalez, who is a super utility guy himself, even though Rocco Baldelli doesn't want us calling him that? Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's an everyday player with positional flexibility. Rocco, that's harder to say. I'm going to call him a super <laughs> sub. I think it's possible. I don't think it's super likely unless he were to lock up a starting job for some stretch of the season, which, again, I don't see as very likely. But as a guy who can come in at catcher, as a guy who can stand at third base, maybe even second base if you get kind of creative with the shifts and mm -hmm. don't mind a lack of range, mm -hmm. um, stand in the corners, maybe some designated hitter, uh, although I think you'd like Nelson Cruz to get as many of those plate appearances as possible. I, I do think it's possible that Williams Astadio gets a lot of plate appearances this year, given how I think the Twins are going to use him. They haven't started using people all over in spring training yet. We did see Astadio play some third base, but I heard this is a rumbling anyway. I don't know if Rocco Baldelli is thinking this way, but... I heard from around the Twins that they might consider playing a couple of those guys around, and that would include Astadio and Mitch Garver playing some different positions throughout spring training just to kind of see what could you do if you were on our 25-man and we had some emergency situations come up. So keep an eye on it. We'll monitor it throughout the spring here in Fort Myers. Um, that's what it would take for Astadio to get 102 ball games is to have literally every glove that they make and carry them on every road trip with you. And when, when you look at the, the cumulative numbers, if you will, that they project for Astadio, I hope that the plate appearances are, are there for him to, to amass some of these numbers, like 15 home runs, 40 RBI, and that war that you mentioned, a 2.4 war. I think it, it's it's going to be hard for him to find the plate appearances to amass those types of numbers. But when you talk about the average numbers that they project for him, a 280 average, a 307 on base percentage, weighted on weighted on base of a 326. I think those are all numbers that are that are very attainable for the guy. He knows how to put bat to ball. That's one thing that we know Williams Astadio can definitely do. Yeah, and actually I'm calculating his strikeout rate that's projected right now. It's kind of funny. Um, I was just typing this in. They have uh, 18 strikeouts in his 385 plate appearances, which, I don't know, sounds a little high to me. It seems like the computer's holding a little grudge against your man, <laughs> uh, Williams Astadio. It's a 4.67% strikeout rate. That's amazing. And just, like, if anyone's not super familiar with strikeout rate, I mean, like, Miguel Sano's a 35%. Just easy. You can book it. Um, Byron Buxton's been in the 30 and plus. Uh, that, a 4.6% strikeout rate 
would be absolutely bananas. And the flip side of that coin, of course, he's not going to draw any walks, according to Zips. They have him walking nine times in 102 games for a whopping (laughs) 2.3% walk rate, which would set all kinds of major league records. No, he's not watching balls go by, but he's putting bat to ball. That That is what Williams Astadio does. He gets in the batter's box, and he puts the bat on the baseball more times than not. Who's your, skill. who's your fifth guy and your uh, sleeper in terms Number of guys f- who will exceed expectations? This is a tough one, Rami, because I didn't even put this guy on the team on my 25-man roster projection. But after I posted that, I've heard from a number of different people, uh, multiple sources with knowledge of the Twins thinking, if I'm putting on my baseball insider cap. Mm-hmm. Those multiple sources say the Twins are higher on McGill than I am on McGill, and part of the reason is his pitch mix. I mean, the guy just throws hard. He came out early in Camp Pop at 96 on the gun. That's pretty impressive, but he's also got a big, heavy curveball, and he's a guy who pitched well. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well for the Twins last year, and if they were a better team, he would have got a little more shine. Uh, But still, I put him as a sort of guy on the fringe of the roster and ultimately just sort of... Uh, he was my 26th man. He's the guy I just kind of like the last one to cut where I said, ah, well, I'd rather have the extra position player for the start of the season. So Williams Astadio gets the spot. Sorry, Matt McGill. Um, You're not I saying was... that McGill is going to get it now instead of Astadio, are you? No, I'm okay. saying they might swap out another reliever because right. they really like this guy. And I, I believe, is he out of minor league options? I'll have to go and check. But I know that the Twins do not want to lose this guy. They're higher on him than I was in my sort of dismissive 25-man roster projection there. <laughs> so, you know, the Zips doesn't love him. He's been sort of around. He's not a household name. Um, I wouldn't even think every team has him circled on a scattering report and says, watch out for this guy. Right. But he is a person that I just want to point out. The Twins appear to like uh, much more than I did, and for that reason, I'm I'm guessing they think or their internal projections have him a little bit higher, or they value him more highly than the Zips projections did, because uh, certainly nothing special when you when you plug it into a computer and say, what is this guy going to do in 2019? So we'll, time will tell if the Twins are right on that one, but I'm just told uh, from a number of different people that Matt McGill is somebody that you can watch to maybe exceed the expectations of these, uh, these publicly available projections this year. Derek, I've thoroughly enjoyed this 40-plus minutes of nerdy baseball talk with you, my friend. Couldn't be better. Hopefully it helps uh, Twin Cities and surrounding areas sort of start to warm up a little bit just by association. This is the Five Thoughts Podcast. Find this and uh, all of Derek's musings on the Twins at scorenorth.com. Find all our Twins programming by searching Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts or just download the Score North app available on uh, Apple and Android now. And we have a very exciting announcement in addition to our Twins uh programming lineup coming up very very soon Derek is brought to us by Shane Company your friend in the diamond business Derek will uh, do it again soon my friend I'll appreciate it thank you Rami and thank you Shane Company and thank you listeners too this has been a lot of fun we'll talk to you next time